Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast, episode number 76, the Jody Beth Walker story and her big Kentucky buck, Medusa. Big Buck Registry is a virtual museum of hunting stories. We preserve a piece of Americana by interviewing and recording hunters about their hunts and experiences from across the country. And who knows, maybe we'll learn a thing or two along the way that'll help us take our hunt to the next level. Hey, this is Dr. Carl Miller, and you're listening to my favorite hunting podcast on the internet, the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. This is Jim Coger with TrophyPursuit.com, and you're listening to Big Buck Registries, Big Buck Podcast. Hi, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. You're listening to my favorite hunting podcast ever, Jay and Dusty on the Big Buck Registries, Big Buck Podcast. Siri, play Big Buck Registries, Big Buck Deer Hunting Podcast. Okay, Big Buck Registries, Big Buck Deer Hunting Podcast coming up. Thank you. Welcome. This is Jay Sky, your host of the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. Happy, uh, happy hunting. Dusty is on the other line with me right now. And uh, yo, 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 checking in from Ohio. What's going on, Dusty? Man, I tell you, uh, one of the toughest weeks. Ohio deer gun is upon us, you know, and it's one of them things where it's either hit or miss. It's either going to happen deer gun week or it's not. And it seems like it's not going to happen this year. I don't know. Here it is, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Ohio deer gun. We got one more day after today. Mm-hmm. Goes out Sunday. We'll see what happens. So you get a couple of days left and you're kind of feeling that you're that doom and gloom not going to happen this year kind of thing. You know, it's, it's, it seems like it's not going to happen, period, this year. I don't know. Man, it's been a tough, tough season. And I know all the, uh, all the followers and listeners are, some of you is probably in the same boat as I am. It's been a tough year. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that there are several people listening right now that are in the same boat. I'm kind of feeling that way, to be honest. I've been hunting hard all season, had some close encounters, had a foggy scope, and uh, couldn't get a shot off at one I would have taken this late in the season. wasn't a, a monster, but it certainly wasn't the smallest deer in the woods either. Right on. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a little your frustration, but that's Condi- hunting. That's hunting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The conditions just ain't been right. You know, it's it's been a little warm here. It's it's kind of unseasonably warm. Have some sixty degree weather. Uh, just man, it's been tough. It's been one of them years. Like wow, it's almost like where's the snow and where's the cold weather to get these deer on their feet? They 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 you know a, a big buck don't want to die. That's a fact. Right. A big buck does not want to die. But, you know, a big buck is going to do everything to stay living. So, therefore, he's got to move when it's cold. And, man, it just ain't them conditions just ain't set in here yet. Right. Yeah, you've you had know, an unseasonably warm uh, November, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we did get a little bit of snow early November. And, you know, now that December's in our lap, it just ain't, it ain't, it's not quite right, you know. The temperatures is, you know, we're still cracking the forty fives, and mm. it's like, man, come on, cold weather, set in and be here and get everything where it's it's hungry, it's got to move, it's you know, it's got to survive. Yeah, I just saw a weather report from uh, some weather channel, and it said that the we're in for an unseasonably or an un, 
unusually warm December. And that uh, November was um, a little colder than usual, but anything east of the Miss- Mississippi uh, from like Kentucky up is going to have warmer than normal December. It's kind of weird. Yep. Uh, we have snow on the ground here in New Hampshire, and it, it uh, was actually a, a very heavy snowfall that fell a little before Thanksgiving and uh, knocked uh, power out for four days. But to the hunters, it was a blessing because the the, the deer, it, has, it was a little warm. Um, some deer were being taken, but in New Hampshire, where there's a smaller herd, you just pray for snow. Right, absolutely, yeah. And you get into the tracking mode where you can just roam. And that's how you track down a lot of the big deer at this time of year because the, the tracks tell the tale. And yeah. uh, and that's what happened to me. I actually bumped into a, a big deer. And, uh, of course, it was one the one day that it decided to warm up to 40 degrees and all the snow that was clinging to the trees was just falling and covered my, my scope. And it was just inevitable. It was going to get foggy no matter how good a scope it was. Will you make that mistake again? I will not. I needed open sights or I needed one of those flip covers on the, the scope. So that guess what I'm asking for for Christmas? Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. God, I've been thinking about that ever since that day. But I, I, I did call Santa. You did? Yeah, and, and I, I had a conversation with him, and I said, Santa, listen up here. you know. And he was all happy, good, and jolly. As he, he usually said, is. Yeah, and he said, Dusty, what would you like for Christmas, young man? I said, all I want for Christmas is a broadside shot. That's right. That's all I want. Is that too much to ask? No, <laughs> I mean, absolutely not. Right. Amazing. Um, so we've had this review on the iTunes account, Dusty, and I wanted to read it to you. Shoot. Because it's, it's kind of interesting, and it's from P.A. John. And P.A. John, if you're listening, and I, I suspect that you are because you said in your review that you actually do listen to all the podcasts. So I want to first thank you for your review. But I want to go over this because I'm not quite understanding it. Uh, it says, good topics, good guest, but I think there's too much brown nosing. Let's hear your real thoughts. Seriously, I listen to every single podcast. Glad you're rid of Fredman Buck. Thank you, Dusty. So that's from P.A. John. P.A. John, if you're listening, I'd love a little more uh, elaboration on the, the brown nosing piece of this. Um, Jay at BigBuckRegistry.com, I'd just like to kind of hear you out on that. And we just love feedback anyway, so don't don't feel like uh, we're not going to rip you apart. Just want to know. Yeah, man, did, did he really say get rid of officer? You know, he's glad Officer Fredman Buck's gone. That's what he said. Oh man, you know Fredman Buck's just a good time. That's all. He's no harm, no foul. It's just something that we can have a little fun with. Yeah, I, I like Fredman Buck, but I'm, I'm, maybe he's just saying that we don't talk about our own thoughts enough. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. But uh, we're going to take your advice and we're going to talk about some things. But PA John. Please send me an email. Just break that down a little bit more in that brown nosing. I'd like to hear that a little bit more. So we do have a great show coming up. But before we get to that, I want to talk about one more thing. Uh, we're we're going to speak to Jody Beth Walker and talk about her big Kentucky Medusa buck. Medusa buck. Yep. But uh, one of the things that came up this week on the Facebook page, it's a bit controversial, and it's about blood. Blood in your photo op with the big buck that you shot. Uh, he posted a picture of a, a deer that had a, a decent amount of blood, and it wasn't like it had been dipped in blood by any means, but there was enough coming out of the the uh, 
kill shot. It was a bow shot, and it was enough kind of dripping down the side of the deer. And it, clearly the, the guy was in the moment. When you're in the field and you just shot your big deer and you finally recovered it, you're going to start snapping photos the minute that you can get that camera out. So Absolutely. You know, it's probably secondary on your mind is to clean up that deer before you take the photo. So the, my question is, should you as a hunter clean up the deer before the photo up or should you just let it be part of the picture? And here's one of the points is that a few of the hunters had private messaged me and there were several comments that made reference to the anti-hunters having more argument or fight because of the f- pictures that had the blood in it. What are your thoughts on that? You know, it's one of them things where I've made some, you know, writing a boiler room shots and, and yeah, it's been pretty messy. Right. Uh, well, you know, it's it, part of deer hunting. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree to that 100%. You know, and it's one of them things where it just all depends on, you know, it, it's a toss-up. How how bad really was it? That's that's the question. You know, is it something that needs to be addressed? Probably not. From the picture that I seen, it's nothing serious. Right now, if you're holding a deer by the hind leg and you got the cavity area that you just cleaned out exposed, now there's a problem. Um, you know, uh, you're going to kill a buck. You're going to have some blood, no doubt about it. There's no question there. It's it's part of hunting. There's no question about it. Is it fuel for a fire for anti? Uh, absolutely not in my eyes. Right. And, and that's the way I feel. I don't feel that blood in a picture gives them any more or less fuel than they already have. The very fact that we have a, a page completely dedicated to killing big deer is enough for them. That's all they need. Right. Yeah, I, I agree to that. You know, it just seems like uh, it, m- maybe you're on the wrong page if that offended you. Well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if it's on the wrong page. I just... You know, I'm not going to pussyfoot around the anti-hunter's desire because, well, they're just vile, disconnected individuals anyway. So I'm going to post the picture as long as it's within reason. Yeah, agreed. You You know, know, what I was saying there is that somebody that's down on somebody for their kill shot and their picture that they post, you know, it's just one of the things where we're all hunters and we all need to stand together. Right. And we're all going to get blood on our hands, you know. Yeah, some carry rubber gloves. Some don't prefer to get down and get dirty with their harvest. Right. You know, okay, that's fine. But when it's a entry or exit wound in a pitcher, that's part of hunting. Right on. That's the way I feel. And if you're deep in the woods, you don't have a stream nearby, are you going to go dip your deer off in the stream before you take the picture? I'm going to say no on that. I, I would never I'm do not. that. I'm not. I'm not going to go do that, that. That's bacteria trying to you know that's that's infesting your meat with bacteria yeah i that's i would rather have a bloody photo than bad meat yeah agreed 100 percent. you know that's just one of the things where it's almost like something that just is useless argument yeah it's a it's a hunting picture it's a hunting picture it's going on the page i'm not gonna exclude a picture of a deer because it has blood in the photo if it's a nice buck you know, one thing that I can admit to on a photo mm-hmm. is I try to tuck their tongue in. That's something that I yeah I, I try to take in my own hands, do that before I take pictures. It's, it's just a personal thing to me. Right. Oh, let's, it's, re, it's respect to the animal. Let's talk about the, the photo etiquette. Now, ideally, yes, you do want to clean off the blood, and ideally you want to tuck the tongue in, and then you want to have a nice 
side-by-side shot are you behind the deer holding the antlers. That's the perfect shot, right? And preferably with a background of the area that you shot it in. Absolutely. That would be perfect. Absolutely. But but the 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 reality is the perfect shot is not always there. No. Perfect shot is not always there. Sometimes you're deep in the woods. You don't have access to, I don't know, take some leaves. You don't bring a roll of paper towels with you just to clean the blood off, I guess is my point. Well, uh, that may be, we may be on to something. Right. Maybe we ought we to have like a pitcher prep kit that you can put in your pack to go in. There you go. More stuff. That's what we need. More stuff for a bag. <laughs> That's not what I want. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, if you get the deer back to camp and then you want to take some more photos, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Clean it up. Make it right. right. Do it right. And then, you know, you got some excellent pictures. But it, it, there's going to be uh, in-the-moment pictures pop up. That That's yep. the way it is. And to be honest, those are the ones that are the more real photos that I like that I think deserve to be on the Big Buck Registry podcast website. And and I'd rather have those than the, the doctored up one, really, because it's it's almost artistic. It's it's the real thing. It's it's telling the real story. Absolutely. So all right, enough about that rant. Let's uh one other thing I want to bring up real quick is about the the no man's land. Yeah, you've heard of this, Dusty. Yeah, absolutely. It's that gap between the lungs and the spine. And somebody wanted to know if that was a real thing. And um, anatomically, yes, it is on a buck. And we, so I posted the question. We had a overwhelming responses that, yes, in fact, it is. And then we got a ton of pictures sent in with photos of deer that had been shot in what I'm sure appeared to be the kill zone at the moment of the shot. With deer with arrows stuck in this one area, still walking around, seemed totally fine. Unbelievable, yeah, tough. Deer are tough. Yep, and it's just above the lungs, just below the spine, it, it, and it's it's. I swear, it's probably three four inches of what you would call the ideal kill shot zone, where you got the lungs and the heart. Like if you, it's probably four inches north of the the heart itself. And of course, you'd be thinking, I got it. But yeah, then, for sure. Then they run off. And then you find a little blood. Mm-hmm. Then you find nothing. Right. And two weeks later, you see that buck or doe right back in your area on a trail camera. Yep. I, the number of pictures that I have sent in of deer that have holes in, in that area or with actual arrows sticking out of them is tremendous. So there is no question that this area exists. So no man's land is real. All right, let's move on to our guest of the day, Jody Beth Walker from Kentucky. Are you ready for this? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for this or not. She's a passionate woman, a passionate deer hunter. I got to say she's like a firecracker. She is a firecracker. And the way Jody describes it is like you, I can't give you two minutes to describe my deer hunt. I'm going to need all 45. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable what this hunt meant to Jody. Yes. That, that, you know, the passion and the determination and the drive and the, the willingness and the heart to go do this. Yes. She does have a bit of the, the tongue that is a bit on edge. She, she likes to, she likes to swear a little bit. So when I could, could be could could be real interesting. It is, and I had to edit it out because um, this is a clean show. But uh, you'll you'll notice as we talk to Jody where she drops some uh, some foul language. Uh, but we cannot discredit her for 
her passion for the outdoors and for hunting and her connection to the outdoors and God. That's really what she, she goes out there for. Um, but she swears like a trucker. <laughs> so uh, that, you know, wow. It's just going to be, um, the story we, we, we cut her loose to tell the story. Yes. And you know, yeah, we could have said, no, let's, let's clean it up. Let's do this. But it wasn't the story as Jody was wanting to tell it. Yeah. So therefore, therefore during the, when we were doing the interview, we did, I said, we both said, just let it roll, Jody. I'll take care of the other stuff later. Cause I don't want it to, t- I don't want you to be focused on say this, say that. I just want the passion to come through. And it did when she nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more to that. You know, it was one of them. We said, let her rip tater chip, you know, and, and she did. And it, it turned out really good, you know, and forewarning, there's a quite a few beeps in here. So, I mean, yep. it, you know, it's just, it's part of the story. It's part of the story. And don't worry, there's no bad language. I was able to successfully remove it all, but I left the passion in. So, um, let's, uh, let's get Jody on the line and tune in to her interview with the big Kentucky buck that she killed called Medusa. Let's get her on. Jody Beth Walker, welcome to the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Couldn't be better. It's deer season. It is deer season. It truly is my favorite time of year. Yeah, it's, mine too. It's my favorite season. Yeah. So, Jody, you, you, you kind of caught our attention. And you, there's this amazing picture of this giant buck that showed up on our Facebook page. And I'm like, what is that? And there has to be a story behind this deer. Yes, there is. I won't even like commit to tell the story if someone wants just to ask me about that minute unless that they can give me 30 to 45 minutes of their time because oh, every moment was crucial. That, perfect. That is so perfect what you just said. We <laughs> love storytelling and we especially love deer storytelling, deer hunt storytelling. Yes. That's our favorite. So that's why we started this. And because you said that, I know this is going to go great. Mm-hmm. All right. So Jody, tell us where you are right now. I am in London, Kentucky. What's going on in London, Kentucky? Well, I am a single mom, two kids, full-time student. Gotcha. Um, full-time safety director. I work in the coal industry. Wow. And a uh, full-time outdoor enthusiast. So, okay, so let's talk about the safety director at a coal project. That's uh, mm-hmm. That's some heavy-duty stuff right there. It is. I work in a predominantly male field. I work with all men. And I'm five foot one, so oh, wow. and you can just figure what a day looks like in my life. Right, and you're not you're not you're not a coworker. You're the director of safety. Right. So this is a big deal. You you gotta you gotta deal with some heavy duty stuff on a day to day basis. Yeah. The, the yeah, when the, the when the feds show up, they they're there to talk to me, or when the state shows up, they're there to talk to me. Like I'm the go to, and I love the challenge. You know, I do. I love the challenge, and I'm very passionate about it. What's it, what's it take to be the safety director of well, a coal mining outfit? Yeah, I am. I started doing an internship with them to be able to complete my degree. And after I completed my internship, they offered me a full time salary position as their safety director, and I took it. And I am right now. Um, after this week, I'll have two weeks until graduation, so I'm already utilizing my degree before I even have it. That's fantastic. So I would classify you as a go getter. You don't uh, you don't sit back. You you go get the things that you want. Is that accurate? Right. That, that would be pretty correct. All right. Excellent. So what what uh, what brought you to to the coal industry in the first place? 
you know, actually the whole time, you know, I've been in school four and a half years and the whole time I was in school, I did not see myself ending up working in the coal industry because it's a pretty, you know, pretty, I could do anything with it, you know, any place that, you know, has safety or whatever, I could do that. And I didn't see myself ending up in the coal industry. But I guess God had other plans because that's exactly where I ended up. And I love it. Interesting. So one of those places you didn't really have any inspiration about in the beginning, but it it, it kind of grew on you. It did. And uh, the personality and the atmosphere, you know, the homeowners are some of the best people that I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, they just have a different type of personality and uh, just great people. Gotcha. So are you you're from Kentucky originally? Yes. Gotcha. Where'd you grow up? Whitley County. All right. What was life like growing up in Kentucky? Um, well, I am, uh, like, I know where the fun's at. And as a kid, I knew where the fun was at. And I knew it was okay. in being outside, you know. Right. And um, I've always been one that was, like, constantly seeking thrills. Gotcha. You know, if it's knocking down the hornet's nest and then run for your life, that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's fantastic. So you're a thrill seeker. Yes. Gotcha. What were you like in high school? Um, in high school, popular. I was, were you popular in high school? Yeah, kind of like infamous, really. Infamous. We haven't yeah. had that yet. That's pretty good. All right. Tell us more. Why were uh, you? Why are you infamous in high school? What'd you do? Well, let's just say I took a little detour down some. Um, I found out I was allergic to anything that was motor mind altering. All right. And uh, by allergic, I mean um, it's not good. <laughs> And I learned that I can't do those things because I don't know when to stop. So I had to learn um, over the course of the last five years how to replace uh, that thrill-seeking with something that's positive. Gotcha, gotcha. So what'd you do? What'd you end up doing to replace that? I hunt and I fish. Hunt and fish. And I enjoy being outside with Mother Nature. Like it calms the savage beast, you know, within. And right. it uh, cleanses my soul. Right. I'm with you on that, Dusty. How about you? Absolutely. You know, it's uh, there's nothing else out there like it. No, and I do believe it is soul cleansing. Helps you kind of focus on focus in on the important things in life. Yeah, it really does. I just feel connected, yeah. connected when I'm outside and I'm like, whether I'm sitting in a tree or whatever I'm doing to all living things, and uh, I'm one with nature, and it's like. It puts everything back into proper perspective because I get caught up in day-to-day monotony, uh, responsibilities, and all this stuff, and it's not what's important. So when I go to the woods, it's not just for the kill. It is for a peace of mind. It is for clarity, um, putting my life back into proper priorities and perspective. Right. Very well said. So what drew you to hunting in the first place? I mean, you're looking for a thrill-seeking alternative, something that wouldn't get you in trouble. And hunting is an option, obviously, but it doesn't just appear. Something. What led you there? How'd you get into hunting in the first place? Did you have a, a mentor or somebody kind of showed you the ropes? I come from a long line of hunters and fishermen, and uh, it was just I always felt safe when I was outside. Nice. I always felt uh, secure when I'm in the wilderness. It just uh, it's kind of like you, you sense and embrace the miracle of life and of living, and and that's what draws me to it. Right. Right, and that that makes total sense to me. All right, so you're you're into deer hunting. Let's let's kind of break down some of your hunts uh, or or some of your hunting techniques. I'd like Dusty to kind of walk us through some of your gear setup, some of the things that you you prep for. Dusty, you want to take it from here? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're in Kentucky. What kind of camouflage are you using, Kentucky? 
I use Realtree. Realtree. Does standard Realtree, is it AP? Do you well, know? I, all my stuff is Under Armour, and it all matches. Like, I got some badass hunting gear, and it looks it looks really good, and it, and it has a camouflage bibs. I don't wear a lot of pink. Like, I don't even like pink. People like, would you like some pink camouflage or something? You know, they aggravate me over my favorite home store over here about that. You know, because they know that, like, for me, that, <laughs> like, getting shot with a pink gun will be, like, the worst death that anyone could ever suffer. Like, that will be just be crippling to my ego. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, no, I have no interest in anything pink. So, I wear basic camouflage um with the hunter safety orange, I uh, stay away from the pink. Right. Uh, do you spray yourself down with any kind of scent cover? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, I sacrifice. You know, I'm a woman, so I like to smell good. But two weeks right. before season ever comes in, I sacrifice it all. Like, um, I wash in no scent shampoo, um, no scent deodorant. Um, I mean, this is two weeks. I wash all my clothes in no scent detergent. And then I bag my stuff up. I will cleanse my stuff. I want to put it in with this thing that makes it smell just like dirt, which makes no sense to normal people, but it makes perfect sense to me. Right, yeah. It's uh, going in there smelling like dirt. The deer are used to the dirt smell. It's understandable. So mm-hmm. you, you wear a real tree camouflage, and you, you obviously two weeks in advance put your things in uh, scent-free detergent and bag them up. Yeah, and then I, I don't use any anything with any scent on it in my personal hygiene, you know, until that it's over. You start this two weeks out. Yep. Now why two weeks? What's what's so important about the two week time? Because the buck's nose is the enemy. <laughs> I mean, they can smell it. You know, they're not like turkey turkeys; is their eyes. With yeah. the buck, it's obviously their sense of smell. Right. So don't, I don't take any chances with that. Do you think that if you started the day before, it would alter your chances? Well, I can tell you that I've tried that, and my hunts were not successful. Interesting. So you've experimented with this whole theory. Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. It's been trial and error. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. And I use a, I use a, on top of that, you know, I spray myself down um, by myself, and I have all my gear in, in a backpack, obviously, and then I've got my rifle, and her name is Perseverance. <laughs> and, you know, she's like, she is so beautiful. I mean, you can't even, she's the prettiest gun ever. Okay, I use a Remington Model 270 BDL. She's got the silver Buckmasters uh, Nikon scope on top that matches the silver trigger and everything. I mean, she's just beautiful. Hmm. That sounds um, beautiful. It is. I mean, she doesn't have a scratch on her. I'm, I'm very careful about that right there because, like, I become emotionally attached to bows, guns, stuff like that, more than I do people. I don't know what it is. It's just something that I'm just drawn to. I'm like, we have this commitment to each other. And, like, once I had that with a gun or bow or whatever, I can't ever part with it. I can't even discuss it. Like, people want to talk about it. I'm like, no, you don't understand. That has never happened. Interesting. Because I come from a, a so, long line of gun traders, too, so. No kidding. There's going to be guys going, get her number to us before you hang up with her. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. So you like to hunt alone, Jody? Yes, I do. So what's the reason behind that? Because then it's just me and time with God. And that's why I do it. Time with God and time with myself. Right. That's my relationship with myself. That's what I do to feed my spirit. That's awesome. I think that's that's very commendable. It's the kind of way I do it too. I like to hunt alone, generally speaking. Um let's uh let's start getting into the this particular hunt that we're talking about tonight. The, the big deer that you shot this year, uh, mm-hmm. do, you, do you have a name for the buck by any, by any chance? 
Yeah, his name is Medusa. Medusa. All right. Let's Medusa. get into it. He's got all that thick <laughs> coming out of his head. I like it. I like that a lot. Actually, that's a very clever term for a big buck with lots of stuff coming out of their head. Let's uh, yeah. let's break that down. Let's get into the big buck breakdown and, and talk about the details of this particular hunt. Uh, we got a little bit about your prep. Uh, tell us about when you started this hunt, and this may go before the day of the hunt. What? Tell us about the preparation. Okay. Well, I have to back up yep. because I have, like, I stalk deer obsessively. Like, that is legal to do that, and I do that. Like, I will have five cameras, I mean, and I'm I'm on it. And that's what I was doing in Whitley County, which is where I'm, that I'm from. But obviously, that's not why, where that I killed the buck. Um, I got lost a couple times because I went, I was um, setting out my cameras in Whitley County in places you couldn't throw a rabbit through. I mean, it was some big because I don't care to get in there and work. And, and I got, I came out seven miles from my four-wheeler the first time, and then I got lost in going back in the second time to find the camera. So obviously, I was hoped at a lot and joked on real hard about, you know, the whole getting lost. And, and you know, I said to my cousins and my family, they were, they were saying, I'm like, you know, that's okay, keep laughing because God blesses those that everybody else laughs at. Of course, it was a it was a wound to my pride, you know, getting lost. But that's okay, you know. There was just something I just felt different about this whole season. So, like a week before opening day, I had a horrible nightmare. I dreamed that um I was uh, sitting and there was this big, huge buck, and he was just dancing and laughing at me during this dream. And I'm like, I reached to go and grab my gun, my bow, whatever, just something to just shoot him, and I have nothing. So that was a nightmare. Like, I was that whole next day. It took me a while to shake that one off. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's a sign. Right. So, that's so, so you had a nightmare. That's crazy. Yes. Like a, about a huge buck. Tell us, tell us who owns this land that you shot this buck on. You said you was hunting a place you normally wouldn't be. Now what? You say that you're hunting a place that you you didn't have your trail cameras set up on very long at. Uh, tell us who you are. Are you hunting on a piece of public, private? Tell us a little bit about the land. I hunt private, okay, in Willie County, I hunt on my family's land, but that's what I'm fixing to tell you. Instead of going where they had to put all this work in for months, just my gut, I was offered to go to Morgan County and hunt on some uh, friend's uh, property up there. And, um, you know, I hunted up there a couple years ago when it was unsuccessful, but just my gut says maybe, you know, you might. And, and I think that sounded crazy to a lot of people when I told them, you know, I'm not even hunting down here. I'm going to Morgan County. And I made that decision like a week before that I went. So what happens is Friday, um, I tell my boss I'm leaving after lunch because it's a free air trip. Okay, I've had my stuff loaded in my truck since Tuesday, ready to go. <laughs> I love it. Like for three days. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I was just mm, on fire, ready. Oh, and yeah. I get out there, and, and the landowner, he's got like three different stands set up, and he's like, you can hunt from whichever one you want to. And, and I'm looking, and I'm like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to hunt out any of the stands. Because I found a scrape line. There was five scrapes within a quarter of a mile radius. And I'm like, this is it. And he's like, and then there was a rock like 40 foot up above where that I could watch that scrape line. I'm like, I'll sit right there. I made the decision where I was going to hunt, you know, on that rock Friday evening, you know, and open Saturday morning. Interesting. And this was all based on the location of the scrapes that you found. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't hunting for convenience. I wasn't hunting for comfort. I was hunting just to be outside, calm the savage beast and go where the deer was. Makes sense to me. I get that. Yeah. Tell me about the scrapes. 
What uh, what were they like? What uh, what what made you think that this was a big buck running around? Well, because they were huge, and they were uh, you know you know how a buck would make a scrape right under a little tree. Yeah. And I'm looking, and there's even I'm like that's got to be a fucking enormous deer because even up high in the branches there's stuff that's broke off, and I'm just you know I'm five foot one, it's way taller than me. I was like, damn. Interesting. And when I'm walking. That Friday evening, I had this uh, this doe heat that came from a whitetail farm, and I put it on my boots as I'm walking Friday evening. That way, you know, that scent would be there right. when I came in there before daylight Saturday morning. And let me tell you, that was right on. So you're, you're prepping, so, prepping for a little doe and heat activity on your boots. You're in the right spot. You're on a rock. How'd you pick the rock? I picked it um, because I could see see more, obviously, and, and sitting up on a high point like that than I could, you know, being down further, like right on where it was at. And I could see over in the in the bottom on the other side, and I thought, you know, that that's just where I'll sit because there's, and I could tell that there had been a buck that had been there, like the night before, like mm. Thursday night. Okay. Because it was all fresh stuff. How often, so, how often do you turn to the fresh stuff to, to determine that that's going to, where, where you're going to hunt? Do you do that a lot, or is this just something you tried differently this time? Well, I mean, I had went in previous years, I had went, you know, just where that there was scrapes and I hadn't, you know, checked to see if they were fresh or not. You know, I was just like, well, this is a scrape and this will be a good place, you know, because in Willie County, I have like four tree stands. Okay. <laughs> I'm obsessive whenever it comes to this, but I'm, I'm learning that unless a deer has been there recently, you know, and bucks. When they get in rut, they go crazy. They lose their mind, and they change their behavior. And you can sit and watch a buck for months on your trail camera and then not see him whenever the season finally opens. And I'm like, no, I want to go where he's been using recently, and that's what I did. That makes sense. Dusty, what do you think about that technique? Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more to that. Uh, you know, you see fresh shine, it's uh, usually an obvious, obvious uh, pinpoint that he's been there recently. Get on him right there. The fresher, the better, right? Absolutely. Okay, gotcha. All right, Jody, let's continue with the story. Okay, so doe heat. I use it. I've had good experiences with it, obviously, recently, but I've also had bad experiences with it. <laughs> so is, did you say doe and heat? Yeah, doe heat. Doe heat. Gotcha. You said you've had bad experiences with us, with this stuff as well, not just mm-hmm. good ex- Tell us, Tell us more about that. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those hunters, um, I like to see some action whenever that I come in. And if I'm not seeing any by the time that the sun comes up, I usually get one and take a nap. Well, last year, not this last year, I um, got underneath one of those pink droopers. Yep. And I got it in my hair. Oh, boy. And I kept it in there for a couple of days. And in those couple of days' times, I could write a book on my experience with that. I mean, it's like I thought about writing a book. Then I'm like, no, it would probably be a bestseller or something. And then you wouldn't have these stories to tell, like, whenever you're with your buddies. So I decided not to write the book. But anyway, um, I had experiences. I was coming. I was obviously tired one evening. I was coming up the hill. I'm like an elephant coming through there because I was tired. I was packing that heavy gun. It was a straight up and down hill. And I could just feel something looking at me. You know how you can just sense it like something's watching you and you ain't even seen it yet. And, like, so I stopped. And um, there's this little doe that comes out. Just the prettiest little doe you ever seen. And um, I mean, no harm to her, and I think that she could sense that, but she was also smelling. Like, and I'm like, what the, what the hell? It seemed like a dream or something, you know, like a trip or something, because she's just getting closer and closer and closer. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do, pet her or what? 
Hmm. You know, I mean, she was getting close. I was just froze. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to shoot the doe, but um, I'm thinking she's got to be a lesbian deer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's what came to your mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm like she's she's wanting bread, or she, and yeah, and that's not even happening like that. So I moved obviously and scared her off. But the morning that I killed the big buck, I'm wearing the doe, and I'm on the ground. See, I'm on this rock, but I'm also on the ground. I'm not in a stand, which is kind of dangerous, which I like. You know, it, it definitely makes it interesting. And sure. um, there was no danger of me taking a nap that morning, you know, because I knew I had that stuff on my boots. And uh, I'm sitting out there, you know, I get out there, I get up before daylight. <clears throat> I see two on the way in, and I'm like, hell yeah. And I get out there, and I, I've been sitting there five minutes, and here comes two dogs coming in there, running those scrape lines. And I was like, hell yeah. I was like, yes. I was like, this is it. Boom. I'm watching all kinds of deer activity. I'm just pumped. And I'm a smoker, but I decided right there that I wasn't going to smoke because I was going to keep the scent down and I was going to be committed to this hunt. Like, I wasn't going to do anything that I've read not to do. Gotcha. <clears throat> and here comes this little spike, right, from the bottom of the hill. He's coming up around the side of me, and I can see he keeps winding. You know, he's winding because he smells me. He likes what he's smelling. And um, he's coming around the side, and like, and then he's behind me, obviously, and me sitting on this rock. I'm like, God, go away, you little bastard, because I didn't want to move and spook the other deer and, and decrease the activity. But I had no choice because he's coming up behind me. He's like, I put six and a step out on this rock, and uh, it's a 40-foot drop on the other side. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, this, this is not good. Behind this you. This is not good at all. The yeah. drop is behind you on the back side of the rock? Yes. Okay, got it. Yes, and he's fixing to step over there, and he's not scared. I mean, he obviously was not paying attention. He had one thing on his mind, and and I knew it was not going to go down like that. I was not going to get worried by a spike. I mean, he had a little bit time going on top of his head. I was sitting there going, no, you know, I didn't want to move, and I thought he would figure out that I was not anything he'd be interested in, but he didn't. He just kept coming. So I eventually, you know, I had to move my arm. Whenever he was about to step on that rock, I had to flip him off, and he ran off like a gut shot cat. Gotcha. And then I didn't see anything for 30 minutes. 30 minutes, maybe 45. I didn't see nothing, so I started smoking cigarettes. What time of day is this? 30, uh-huh. What time of day is it? Yeah. It's about 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had seen all kinds of activity, deer activity, watched some small bucks and uh, all kinds of does. I mean, it was a good day, lots of activity going on, and then that happened, and I didn't see anything. So I broke my commitment and started smoking cigarettes. I smoked probably five in ten minutes. I mean, I was just madder than hell. And I decided it would be a good time to move. So, um, like I said, I'm sitting on a on a cliff that drops off about 40 foot, and there is a, a tree that fell over, and its roots and everything was sticking up. And I thought, you know, I can lay on my belly and take a rest right there. <laughs> and that's what I do, and that's a safer location, you know, than being out here on this rock. So that's what I did. I got over there, and I moved, and um, smoking. So you're smoking, you're laying down. <laughs> smoking the cigarette. Taking a nap. No, so I'm not like, taking a nap. I'm just laying on my belly. Just I'm laying like, down. okay. Yep, just laying on my belly that way because my gun's heavy. Gotcha. You know, I'm I'm a smaller framed woman, so I thought it would be better, you know, for me to just be able to use those. What I did was I use the roots uh, to take a rest. Yeah. And I'm laying on my stomach, and I'm sitting there, and uh, I finally start seeing some activity again. There's a smaller buck that comes in down in that bottom, and, and a doe, and uh, way on down further in the bush, I see horns. And if you guys could see me right now, you'd be seeing what I was doing. I'm taking my arms up and I'm showing a big rack. Gotcha. And I'm like, you got buck fever. Just this big You're crazy. scoop of a rack that's just the width of your arms or wider. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm like, you're crazy. How far away is this? Well, I would think, I haven't measured it, um, but the landowner said, (laughs) he called me a dead-eye dick, and he said, that's 150, 200 yards, because he, he was... Listen, from the time that I spotted that in there and thought I had buck fever and thought that was rush, I thought, you know, you're crazy, you got buck fever. I said, look through your crosshairs. You know, I'm talking to myself, I'm like, just look through your crosshairs. It took me forever to find him. I mean, he was that, he was a smart deer. He never came out of the brush. Hmm. He never um, came out from under his cover. So, anyways, I I look and and I see the horn and I thought again, you know, that's just some big brush because that's all I could see was his horns. And I'm like, you got buck fever, you're crazy as hell, you need to calm down, you're seeing shit. Mm. And I thought, look one more time. And the third time that I looked, I could see his ear. And it moved. And in that moment, I was like, what the, oh my God, holy, I mean, you could just imagine. Because he's <laughs> he's a, God, he's a monster. And then this is how my thought process goes. I go, if you don't kill this buck... No one's ever going to believe you even seen one this big because he had not been spotted. There was no pictures of this buck. Nothing. I'm like, no one's going to believe you. If you shoot and miss, you'll never forgive yourself. Or if you won this trophy buck, you'll never forgive yourself. So the longest 30 minutes of my life took place next. Okay, I'm sitting there, and all I can see is his horn in one ear, and I can see him raise his head and winding. He was winding, and he was like, listen, he knowed he was the shit. He knowed he was the king of the forest. He was watching the other bucks. He wouldn't even sweat in that because he knows he could have his pick of the ladies. Right. So I see him raise that nose up, and I'm just like, oh, my God. So I'm sweating. I'm quivering all over, and I finally see him set that front leg up, and I can see it in my crosshairs. So I pulled off my face mask. That way there was nothing obstructing my vision. Nothing. And this buck's still about 150 yards out? Yes. Okay. And I said my prayers. I'm like, I don't even know what I prayed. All right. But I knew that I was praying for a kill. And, you know, I said my prayers and I I exhaled. And I had to wait a second until that I could, you know, make sure that I was steady. And I exhaled and I pulled the trigger. He didn't go maybe 50 foot. Okay. And I'm home by myself. And I know that, like, a miracle has just occurred in my life. Like, the greatest moment in my life has just happened. And I'm shaking all over. And somehow, I maintain my composure enough. I call the landowner. Hmm. And, I, and I just kept it real simple. I was like, uh, I need you to come up here. And he was like, why did you shoot one? And I was like, yeah. And I just hung up. I didn't say bye or nothing. And he was like, I'll see you in 20 minutes. So I just hung up. Gotcha. And, like, that was a long 20 minutes, too, waiting on him to get there. Um, and whenever he pulls up, he's got his wife with him, who's also a Sunday school teacher. And they get there, and they're not noticing my trembling yet. It was obvious uh, for the next 24 hours after this happened. I was still jerking all over. But he's like, where was it? You know, we went for my line of fire, and it, and it took us a while, you know, to get around there where that we could get to him. And we actually could you know, we had to park the four-wheelers and the rhinos. And we had to do some walking. But whenever I seen all the blood, you know, before I ever seen the deer, when I seen the blood, it was like, and I got, you know, and I'm trying to monitor my behavior, but I really can't because I'm just overcome with excitement and just sheer joy. I mean, just tickled to death. And then whenever that I finally look on over and I see his rack, like I knew that he was big, obviously, but I did not know how big. And I see his rack. And I just laid right straight down on my back. I didn't count the points or nothing. I just laid right down on the ground in front of God and landowner and, you know, um, his wife. And uh, I started going, thank you, God. Thank you, God. That's what I was saying. And she was like, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he was like, wow, you know, and it got 18 uh, measurable points. 18. He had, like I said, he's got the nasty stuff coming off of his head, which I think gives him character. Um, I think he's a lot like me. You know, we're similar. That's why we cross paths. And, um, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, but, but I had all these old timers, you know, they, they want to see him and they're coming up there and they're like, really, I'm already like not even functioning. I just can't even believe it. And they're like, this is a, and they're counting and he's got like 25, 26 of those things coming off of his head and they're, and they're telling me that, you know, I just can't believe it. And then I get him over to the and which explains to me about that one inch rule, right. you know, in regards to sure. counting points. Right. But still 18 points. That's insane. So, so you're, what do you do at this point? You, did you gain your composure and pull it all together? Or did, was it just, you couldn't, you couldn't hang on? I hung on, but it was like, I was like, you know, obviously, um, skinning and stuff like that. And, uh, I was so wild that the landowner is like, let me cape in because I don't want you to, you know, put a hole in a tide or something like that. He was like, let me do that part. So I killed him like at 10 o'clock in the morning and it, by the time that we got him out and, and got his, got him ready to go, I didn't get to the taxidermist until two. Gotcha. And I pull up at the taxidermist and there's these guys and they've got smaller bucks, you know, um, that's not being bragging or whatever. It's just the truth. They've got smaller bucks and they're, they're just like, wow. Like I got proposed to over there at the taxidermist while I was there. By one of the hunters who's like, I will leave my wife right now. <laughs> but, oh my God. You're like, settle down, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I can't even think about you right now. I just killed a trophy bug. You'll have to talk to me later, like whenever that I come back down, which will probably be never. <laughs> like I wasn't, you know, this is crazy, but I called my taxidermist like, Ed Wade is coming to score my bug in March. Ed, you got Ed to come. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he, he's going to come score him. It takes forever to get him back, and I really hate that. Like, I have no patience, which is something that hunting teaches me. It's not one of my strongest virtues, but it's something It's something that hunting teaches me. It teaches me a lot of valuable skills, you know, that I struggle with. And um, But, yeah, he, he's coming to score him. And um, so I called the taxidermist, and I can't even remember what pose I got this buck in that day. So I have to call him, and I'm saying... I really can't remember. I just said, you know, basically I went in there and looked and he showed me the different ones. And I'm like, I just want that one. And then like, after I came down a little bit, you know, I was going through withdrawals, buck withdrawals, like detox. And like, I got physically sick off of that and had the shades, you know, after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. So when, when I came back to reality, <laughs> I called him and I said, I don't even remember what pose I got him in, but, you know, this is the buck of a lifetime, and I want to make sure that I got it right now that I'm thinking clearly. And, you know, and I did pretty good. You know, I could have told him anything. It, it wouldn't have mattered at that point, and I would have been, you know, all right with it that day, but I couldn't remember. And uh, he's like, no, you picked the best one. And I, I did really good considering the fact that I couldn't focus on anything. Gotcha. And, yeah, yeah, I did some good decision-making despite being, like, insane in the membrane. I mean, I was wild. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and, and since that's happened, let me tell you, I have made new friends, new hunting buddies. I got, like, 200 friend requests in one day. And really? I was, like, so happy and go lucky on life. Yeah, and if they were wearing camouflage in their profile picture, I accepted them. I was just like, okay, confirm, confirm, confirm. Excellent. I, th I think I was yeah. in that mix, perhaps. I'm not sure. Yeah, you were. 
Well, thank you for <laughs> accepting my friend request. I don't think I was wearing, uh, wearing you, camouflage in my picture, but I'm glad you did it anyway. Did you have a buck in there? There's some bucks on my page. Not well, like I'm the pretty, one that you I'm, shot, but, but there are some. I'm pretty honored. I got a request from Jody. See? Dusty gets uh -oh. all the requests. I get nothing. <laughs> I just got to sit in the editing room and make it sound good. Dusty's the Dusty's the right? uh, he's the front man, you know. He makes everything look good. Yeah. Jody, that's awesome. That's a great story. It is, and it really is, and it's one of those moments. You couldn't give me a million dollars, and it made me any happier. I wouldn't take it for that memory right there. Like that will, that's the book of a lifetime yeah. for me. That, that'll yeah. stick with. That'll stick. That's something you'll never forget. That's that's the awesome part about hunting. That is awesome. Now, Jody, a hundred fifty yards is is nothing to sneeze at when it comes to a good shot. Who taught you how to shoot? Well, that is one thing that I grew up with doing from an early age, and that was my dad. Like, uh, instead of buying us, I had a sister, instead of buying us, like, normal little girl gifts for birthdays and stuff like that, he would buy us rifles and uh, pocket knives and, and stuff like that. So that is, I, I found a fond affection for guns at an early age. Gotcha. And you learn how to, how to shoot long range with your dad? Yes. That's awesome. Yes. It is fun when you can shoot out that far. Um, that's what's so amazing about this whole story is because he was so far away from me and it's a miracle that I even spotted his horns because he never came out. I never would have had a shot if I hadn't been, you know, scanning and seeking and paying attention. And then the fact that it took me forever to put him in my crosshairs to find him in the scope because he was so far away. And then the fact that I could wait after putting, you know, the crosshairs on him until that I had a kill shot. That is a miracle because I was wild. Everything had to come together just perfectly for that to happen. Yep. Yeah. That's I mean, fantastic. I'm extremely grateful. Grateful. I feel honored. Um, it's just an honor. You know, I always said, I told the guys over here at my little hunting store that I go in over here and my friends got to go somewhere else because this one's mine, kind of territorial about it. And whenever that I was in there before that I left, I'm like, I am ready to dominate. You know, I was in there crowing real loud, talking about it. You know, that's what you do in your favorite hunting store, right? <laughs> and, and then this happened. And like I told you, boys, I was ready to dominate. And you guys was just, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. And then Chucky Buck, I mean, still, whenever that I think about what he looked like. And, um, like, I'll never forget, he was more red-colored than other deer that I've ever seen. He was just a beautiful creature and uh, the meat. I mean, he is a, he's a stud. Nice. He's a heavy deer. Well, that's awesome, Jody. Congratulations on shooting a fantastic deer this year. Uh, what What are your plans for next year to make it happen again? <laughs> well, I'm on. That's what the landowner said. Whenever they seen him, he was like, "Wow!" He like he he looked at his wife and he says, uh, "You know, we're not going to be able to get rid of her now." <laughs> nope. Because Morgan County's got some fantastic bucks. And, and Wheeler County does, too. I've had a love-hate relationship with this same buck down here for three years. And he's, like, ever elusive. He's so smart. Like, I have so much respect for these smart older deers, the big boys. I mean, I do. I just respect them. And uh, that's more of a challenge to me. And, um, you know, I, I, next season, I don't know. You know, I, I would like to sit here and say I'll go to Morgan County. But just like this year, I did all my planning and prepping here in Wheeler County. And then I took off. I just got my instinct kicked in. And I'm like, you know. I'm just going to listen to my gut because my spirit and my gut, it never steers me wrong if I just listen. 
that's like whenever I thought that old big boy Medusa sitting down there in the that I had buck fever and that was just brush and I didn't want to look that third time through my scope and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad that I learned to listen to my instincts, you know, those God given instincts. That whenever that you listen, miracles happen. Gotcha. It it is kind of funny how that sixth sense just kinda of shows up, isn't it? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm sitting here and like with everything that was going on and all the movement, how that, you know, it was a miracle that I seen him that far away and then looked twice and thought I was seeing him. It was a miracle. Spike Buck come up sniffing around, you right. know, moved, moved you on down the hill. That little bastard, I'm telling you what, me or him one was going to be coming off that rock if he got on there. I knew I had to do something quick because he was five feet from me and he wasn't scared. I mean, he was interested. And, you know, the funny thing is, the dogs are so stupid, too. You know, the bucks get stupid in rut, and that's what we want, you know, and, and it, we'll wait for them to make a mistake. Well, the doe, there was a big doe down here whenever that I shot big boy, and I mean, she, he was getting ready to probably no doubt spread his seed, and uh, she's watching, she just watched her potential lover die, okay? She just watches him die, and she just stands there, and she'll look at him, and she'll look up where I'm at, and she'll look at him, and I'm thinking you're gonna have to do something or you're gonna you know i didn't i wouldn't have shot her but there's been a lot of people that would have she just she seen no harm in it and she just she stood there for 20 minutes i'm thinking how stupid right fascinating so yeah do you think that the hunting industry is a male dominated industry i do gotcha and is it similar to your line of work where you're the boss at this point yeah interesting I've had a, a lot of negative comments and all this has happened. Uh, you know, I attributed some of it up to, um, you know, different upbringings, different childhoods. Uh, and some of it was just pure out jealousy um, because I'm a woman and because what, I killed a trophy buck. What, what, what you're saying to tell the guys out there? What, is there something you want to tell them now that the women are coming around shooting big bucks? Well, I can only speak for myself whenever that I say I'm just getting started. That's awesome. You know, and that, that's... Uh, the guys better watch out. The women are coming in the hunting industry, and it, it, it's an open door for them. Come on, women! It's not. It's mm-hmm. not. Uh, it's not going to be uh, a sexist matter. It's going to be the women are welcome. The the younger ladies are welcome. The youth ladies, you know, come on in. It's it's an open door, and and the guys that uh, are getting outbeat by the women are just you know going to go their jealousy and 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 uh, suck it up and get on with hunting. That's right. The taxidermist. When I when I take him over there, he's like. This is what his suggestion for me was. He was like, you just need to go home and clean your rifle and put it up. And I'm like, why is that? And he said, um, because your home days is over. You know, you're never even going to see a buck that big again. And I was kind of disheartened by that for a minute. And then I thought, no, no, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. I've got two little girls that I hope follows in my footsteps. You know, I took my oldest one hunting before. And um, she's not as interested in it as what that I would like right now, but she's just 11. So, um, yeah, there's a lot more to come, and I'm just getting started. And I'm telling you that this is where the fun's at for women. It doesn't matter, you know, um, if you're a man or a woman. When you develop a passion for something, something like this, and it's good and healthy for you and makes you feel alive, it's truly living, and it's freedom. And I think if people could get in touch with that and the respect that comes with it, you know, and uh, that they would hunt too. And they would never want to give it up because that's something I don't ever want to give up. No matter how busy life gets, I'm all in. Like, I got a new bow last week. You know, I had a bow and I got a new one last week as part of my graduation present. 
It's beautiful, by the way. I mean, it's so pretty. It's kind of like perseverance. I haven't got a name for it yet, but I will. Like, I haven't bonded with her enough to be able to name her. But um, she's beautiful. And I just think about, I just wish more people could get in touch with the high. You know, it's like I was telling um, him earlier, turkey hunting, I'm a very unsuccessful turkey hunter. Mm. Like, I'm not, I'm very high strung. And I don't have a lot of patience. But when I hit that call and one gobbles back at me, it makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. It is one of the wildest God-given highs that there is. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think that that's, uh, that that's truly living and it's vibrant living. And it's, uh, for me, when I am um, eating fish that I've caught or a deer that I've killed, I just feel like that that's the way that God wants us to be. Completely agree with that statement. It's a it's an all natural, God given high is what it is. Yes, and it's fantastic. It's just the best, Jody. This has been awesome, and I love the details that you shared with us. And it felt like we were sitting next to you on the rock, going through yeah every single little detail. And yeah, that picture that you shared was fantastic. And I can't wait to to share it on the Big Buck Registry again and get this story out there because now we know the rest of the story. And that's yeah, what, I that's was thinking like. on, um, right, on my drive up, I was like, you need to borrow your buddy's GoPro. You know, on my drive up there, I'm like, hell, you start getting all that ego into it, you won't kill nothing. Right. But maybe that was my gut again, and I didn't listen, because there would have been nothing like letting people watch how far away from me he was, how long of a shot that was. One shot, one kill, dirt nap. Right. I mean, I would have loved to have captured it on video. It would have been cool. But yeah. that's why we're we're reliving it right now on the Big Buck Podcast. Now you can listen to yeah. it forever. And you can just yeah. say, somebody says, hey, tell me the story. I said, hey, go listen to the Big Buck Registry's podcast. You can hear the whole story, and you can play it again and again. Right, and I'm on that, and you need to look that up. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you had one and only one hunting tip to share with somebody that's your best trick of all time, what would it be? I think it would be pay attention because a lot of times I get in out there and I get bored when I don't see any activity. I want to get on my phone or I want to smoke or I want to do something because I'm so high strung. And I think it's until I'm probably how many deer that I have just let walk about and never even seeing them because I wasn't paying attention and I wasn't embracing the moment and just being right where I was at and being grateful for every second. That's a good tip. Dusty, that's a good tip. It's simple, but, I mean, that's made all the difference for me this season. That's awesome. Well, Jody, this has been fantastic, and, and thank you so much for joining us on the Big Buck Podcast. I'll, uh, I'll send you all the links and let you know when it's coming out. And, yeah, this is, I can't wait to listen to the show. It's been an honor. Thank you guys for allowing me this opportunity. Um, it's something that I'll never forget. Uh, awesome tip, Jody. Awesome, awesome tip. You know, you can take all the preparation in the world, and it doesn't matter if you're not paying attention. I can yeah. go without smelling good for a couple of weeks and uh, put months and months into, into prepping and all that, and it doesn't matter if I'm not aware of my surroundings. Oh, yeah. You can do all that prep work, but if you're not ready for that one moment, that one one exact moment that you have, that one small, small window of opportunity, and you don't capitalize on it, you'll, you'll be kicking yourself for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Jody, I was going to tell you, you was talking about uh, going without makeup and all that. There is uh, Doe Girl. It's a scent-free, scent blocker makeup. Really? Yeah, it's called uh, Doe Girl, D-E-A-U-X Girl, G-I-R-L. Check them out. They're on Facebook. You can find them on Facebook. 
Yep. Right. Some okay. of our our old friends from, from yeah, Tina. 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 Yep. Tina Kane. And Allison. Allison's a rep. Allison. Yep. She's out Allison of Kentucky, Allison. too, right? Or Allison Robertson O'Nan. There you go. Okay. Uh-uh. And that's what I told the landowner. He was like, we got to take a picture of this and then all this. And I'm like, well, let me put on some mascara or something at least. I'm like, damn, I wish I wore makeup. And he's like, you don't need that. You're beautiful. You don't need that. And I'm like, but looking back on it, I wish I'd got more pictures and, you know, I'd have been a little bit more presentable. But honestly, you know, this is not about me. This is about the book. Right. This is about he's getting the recognition that he deserves. And I don't hunt for the recognition. I do love the picture. It, you look so happy in the picture. It's you know, like you're on cloud nine. It's awesome. Yeah, I was free. <laughs> you yeah, were there, free. Ain't, there ain't nothing, nothing better there. Nothing better than that feeling. Excellent. Well, Jody, we'll let you go, uh, but we would love to have you back again to, to talk some more about deer hunting. Yeah, you definitely know what you're doing. You've got some passion behind you, which we love, which is exactly yeah. why we wanted you to come on and tell that story. So uh, open invitation to come back and join us on the Big Buck Podcast anytime. Okay, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Will do, guys. Good hunting to you guys. I wish you luck. Thanks. Thank you. Well, Dusty. What do you, uh, th- what do you oh think boy. about that? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> she was amazing. She really uh, was. That, that was probably... Uh, how, how do you describe that story, Jake? Yeah, I felt like I was a, a fly on the wall, actually a fly on her shoulder, watching this whole thing unravel, and I wanted to have, like, earplugs, just so I didn't have to hear all the F-bombs. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, Jody, great story. No. I, I mean, phenomenal story. And thanks for telling it. It yeah. was awesome. It really was. I mean, that I'm glad we told her to let her rip Tater Chip just just because the the real real deal story got recorded. Yeah. And that that's what we were after. Yeah, and Jody, um, you're a great sport, and we're just picking on you. We know you you, you just talk the way you talk. And your the passion came through loud and clear. That's what we wanted. That's what you brought us. And we just cannot thank you enough. We are honored to have you on our show. Absolutely. You know, I got a shout out to Griff and, and thanks for getting us tuned in with Jody. And it was it was so interesting and so unique and so different than so many ways that uh you know, it was one that we went out of the box and, and, and actually it, it really was a great story. Yep. It was fantastic. Hey, did you see that, um, piebald buck that that guy shot, Jerry from, uh, was it, uh, Missouri? Yeah, sure did. That was crazy, huh? Yeah. I've seen a lot of bucks, man. I'll tell you what, you open up my Facebook right now and there's just bucks everywhere. I'm like, man, why can't I be right there with them? See, that's, this is part of the depressing part. It's like you got, you, we created these great environments for people to share their photos. And you want to be, you want to do the same thing. And, and right now, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the the greatest thing about this or everything is that you know, with Chubby Tines Outdoors and the Big Buck Registry, we see a ton of bucks. We do, and we make it. It makes it seem like it's easy to do, but it's not. <laughs> it's not easy to kill a big deer. Absolutely not. But you know, it's one of the things where it's almost like, all right, th- this this is how I see it. I'm, I'm I'm throwing out some of my opinions on what I do this for. I can like look through all these bucks and I, I pick out like 10 and, and I save the picture on my phone. I really do. I save, you know, a stranger's buck on my phone and I, and I sit down and I look through and I'm like, man, I'd really like to shoot one like that right there. But if it had the car- characteristics of this one right here, I like build a buck right on my phone. And, and I'm thinking in my head that someday this build a buck that I've got stored in my mind, I'm building my own buck. I'm going to harvest him one day. I'm going to kill this buck. It's so, so different, but yet so cool because I can, I can build my own buck in my mental picture that I want to kill someday. Yeah. 
That's awesome. It, it, yeah, it really is. I love looking at all the pictures, um, but it, in a sense, it's created another level of uh, mental anguish that I don't need, but I created my own monster here. So, And what I mean by that is I look at these pictures every day. I see people taking big deer, and I'm like, I should be able to do this, but I'm not doing it. So, But the reality is you hunt hard, and all these people hunted hard, and there are a bunch of others that hunt equally as hard who – probably aren't filling their tag uh, but it depends on where you live it depends on the harvest and how many you know the population all that kind of stuff you've certainly passed on some deer i've passed on some deer but i'm not looking for that that particular deer like i don't want to shoot a small deer i'm looking for something a little more mature yeah i agree to that you know and that that brings that brings up the chubby times tip of the day and, and this one is going to be that um we're, we're getting into late season Yes. And we're getting into the mental game at this point. It is a mental game. This is exactly what yeah. you're exactly right. It's one of the things where, you know, yeah, you, you've hunted hard. And, and I'm going to say this is probably one of the years that I've hunted my tail off. And, and I'm, I'm getting a little bit discouraged and I'm starting to question my skill level. And, and that's okay. That's that's what this is all about. That's what is supposed to happen. Right now, this this time of year, how many days you got left in season, Jay? Um, I have at the time of this recording, so I have one day left technically as of the day this airs okay, for, so, for gun. But then I've got another week of bow. Okay, so you got roughly six days left. Right, I mean, you you to the point where you got to grind it out, and, and that's my tip. It, it's grind time. You you've set out there. You've you've put your time in. We go to February first here in Ohio archery. Right. We got a, we got a late muzzleloader coming. You know, shotgun season ends tomorrow, which will be a Sunday. So it, right now is grind time. You know, it's going to take a week for the deer to start coming out and, and not getting lead slung at them. So they're, it's going to take a week for them to settle back in. And then archery should pick back up where you can actually harvest a, a mature buck that's cruising for some food. Or, you know, some of the younger does still be coming in heat possibly. It's, it's grind time. And, you know, get out there. You can't kill them from the couch. You know, some people, fortunate enough, they're, they're hunting camps right off their porch. So they can put a couch out there. But that's beside the point. Right. So what I'm saying is get out there, grind it out, finish up the end of the season like it's the beginning of the season because this right here is some of your best times to harvest mature buck. You know, they're going to be hitting food sources. It's it, We're going to get some snow coming in. It's going to happen. Snow's coming. There's no doubt about it here in Ohio. And in other states, snow's coming. And the cold temperatures are coming. It's time to get the gear out, get saddled up, and ride this horse to the end of the season. Don't get discouraged. Keep yourself in the game and grind it out. Exactly. That's why I went out today is because, you know, I'm, I'm grabbing hours as I can grab them in amongst all the other things I have to do during the day. But I was able to get out for the last two hours of, of sunset, which was great. I didn't see anything. I found some big bear tracks in the snow. But in my head, I was like, I know that I'm being challenged mentally and that it's weighing, it's weighing on me right now. But I'm going to go anyway. You got to go. That, you gotta if, go. You're, if you're going to kill, kill a deer, you got to grind it out. Yep. You know, you got to just keep going no matter what. You know, deer are funky right now. You know, everybody's rifle, shotgun, you know, any kind of firearm season has been in. The deer are going to be a little different right now. They're, you're not going to see the deer that you've been seeing. It's going to be like, man, you know, the, the, the whole thing's changed. My wood's so different. You're going to want to move all your stuff. Don't do all that. Yep. Stay where you're at. They will be back. The deer will come back to where you've been seeing them. They're going to get back on a pattern, and, and then you're going to kill your buck. But right now, as a mental, physical, and, and emotional roller coaster, grind it out. Yep. 
You know, you got it. You got to stick with it. You got to stay in the stand. You got to grind it out. That's that's my tip of the day, and 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 it's tough, and I know it is. I, I feel you. I'm in the same boat you are. If you haven't harvested your buck this year, grind it out. Yep. Now, for example, the other day when I spotted the buck and I couldn't get a shot off because my foggy scope, the deer that I tracked that day were doing the same thing on the in the same area, the same, and I think they were the same deer I was tracking yesterday. Except that instead of breaking right to go across the old train bed, they broke left and went as far as I could go. And as I'm following the track, all I can see is this big orange sign in the, in the, the distance. And the tracks are going right for it. And I'm getting closer and closer. And before I know it, I get to the sign and the deer will run right by the sign. There's probably four or five in the, in the, that I was tracking, but one buck track in the middle of it was the safety zone the no trespassing zone no hunting beyond this point <laughs> and i could see their tracks and they went good 250 yards into the piece like you yeah, gotta be I mean, kidding me they know what's up right so they're 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 doing these types of things but they do come back so i'm laying off that spot for a while and i'll, I'll go in probably actually i'll probably go back in uh at the last day and see what i can stir up so all you can do is grind it out yeah so. Stick with it, you know. It's a mental, mental roller coaster. Bad one. It's, it can be bad. It can get you down and out. You just want to throw your gear in the closet and walk away from it. Right. I mean, I, I've been to that point last week. I was just like, man, you know, I just I've done something wrong. Something's going on. You know, I wasn't seeing the deer that I've been seeing. Well, people's been in scouting out for a shotgun week here in Ohio, and it's just like, man, come on, get through this week. Let things settle back down and grind it out. I'm, I'm going to go till I can't go. And this is what makes that classic, it was the last hour of the last day of the season. And then I killed the biggest buck of my life story. This is, yeah. this is like the Jim Coger story. Absolutely. From from last year. Same yep. thing. Yep. And, you know, it's one. It, or I think Greg Ritz told the same story, didn't he? Yeah. He's, last day you know, of, the, of the hunt in that area. And finally, it comes together. Right. You, you know, it's just. Keep it's, going. Yeah. You got to, you know, the, the whole, my whole theory is. You, you say you burn out on now, and it's tough to say that when you're hunting. You know, season only comes around a couple months out of the year. But in two months from now, you're like, man, I can't, I can't wait till hunting season comes in. Yeah, you'll be kicking yourself. Yeah. So this is, like, oh, this, I should have gone at one more day. Right. And what, what's going to happen is, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And I can kind of predict the future. You're going to grind it out, and you're going to see that buck of a lifetime. And it's just going to give you that boost that you needed to keep hammering on it. And, and you know you can only hope and pray that you get a shot on him. That's it. I, I sometimes I think seeing him is just enough to keep me there and and mentally satisfied. Yep. What I've got to deal with is tracks. You know, yeah. You, you get on a track, you know that they're they're fresh tracks. They were just there, and you're bumping them, and uh, you may still never see the deer, but you know they were just there, and it gets you back out there to do it again. So great. Yeah. It, it you know that man it's. It's totally different in New Hampshire than it is in Ohio, but it is. It's one of the things where you know I, I learned from Jay because he's a you know you're you're a mobile hunter. Yes, very much so. And in New Hampshire's you you got to be mobile and you you got to be your tracking levels got to be tip notch, you know, top notch, and you got to be able to get out there and you know almost do a, a grid layout in your mental mind where the deer is going to go and where they're headed and what's going on, you know. And we're here in Ohio where we're set up on field sides and creek bottoms and you know hunting some big timber that's kind of open where you can see and it's a totally different program every state you're in 
with that being said, grind it out. You know, you know the land you're in, and just there's no. It doesn't matter where you are. This particular technique, get out there. Don't let your mental game overcome you. Right. You know, and then, then another thing, you know, you get through the the rifle, the shotgun, the muzzleloader season, and you're not seeing deer. It's time to move. Move to where the deer you're seeing deer. Yes. You know, if it snows, go find where they're moving at. The snow is is an educational device. Yes, it reveals yep. a heck of a lot. Yeah, they'll let you know where they're frequently traveling to. You know, that you can get set up. Maybe they switch routes. They're going, instead of going on the north side of your property, they're going on the south side of your property or the east side or the west side. Just, just travel around a little bit. You're not seeing deer. Go find them in the snow. If you got snow, hopefully it snows. And, and, and use that snow to educate yourself where your deer are late season. Right. That's exactly right. Well, that's a great tip, Dusty, and I think this has been a great show. Yeah, absolutely. You know, thank you, Jody, and and for getting on with us, and uh, thanks again to Griff for hooking us up. And yep, we, uh, man, excellent show, and and thank you for the listeners that's tuned in with us. Yeah, thank you for tuning in with us once again on the Big Buck Podcast. Thank you for PA John for sending in a review and uh, giving us his his true feelings, and hopefully. We'll get some more information on that. And uh, Dusty, yeah, yeah. go ahead. I, I was going to say, man, I'm excited. Did I tell you I was excited? Why are you excited, Dusty? Man, we're, we are planning things out to head to the ATA show. Yes, we're going to be at the ATA show this year. And it would be our first time. We went to the Great American Outdoor Show last year. But what's coming up, we've got the ATA in Indianapolis. And that is from, let's see, January 8th through the 10th. So if you're going to the ATA and you want to hook up with us, shoot us an email to ATA at BigBuckRegistry.com. Maybe we'll do a little meetup at the show. Sound good? Absolutely. Excellent. And the Great American Outdoor Show is also coming up, and that is February 7th through the 15th this year down in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And we will be there as well. Absolutely. So in the meantime, Dusty, how can we reach you? Facebook.com forward slash Chubby Tines Outdoors. Look me up at Dusty Hunt Neck. And you can also find me at Antler Life right there on Facebook. Jay, how can the people get in touch with you at the Big Buck Registry? All right. There's a bunch of different ways. Uh, first, here we go. Here we go. Here we here go. Here we go. Big Buck, Big Buck, everywhere, Big Buck. First, I'd like to invite you to join us on iTunes if you have an Apple device or a computer. And that's at www.bigbuckregistry.com forward slash iTunes. You can also join us on Twitter at www.twitter.com forward slash bigbuckregistry. If you'd like to listen to our show on a different network instead of iTunes, something more Android-related or Microsoft-related phones, you can go to www.bigbuckregistry.com forward slash Stitcher, and that's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Um, if you'd like to share a photo of a deer that, that you shot on the Big Buck Registry page, go to www.bigbuckregistry.com forward slash mybuck. You can give us a call at 724-613-2825. And if you would like to do a share for share, and this is kind of a popular thing on Facebook, and uh, what we request is, A, is that you go to our site, www.bigbuckregistry.com forward slash s for s and fill out the form and we'll take a look at it and if we think it's a good fit we'll share and we'll, we'll exchange um but it's just because you fill it out doesn't mean we're going to share your page just just forewarned so that's it dusty that's all i got man wow wow big buck big buck everywhere, everywhere a big buck, big buck. 
Yes, sir. Well, well awesome. Thanks for tuning in with us. Yes, thank you for tuning in. And Jody, thank you again for joining us on the Big Buck Podcast and talk, telling us about the Medusa Buck that you shot. The Medusa Buck. Well, I'm Jay Scott. I'm Dusty Phillips. This is the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. See you next week. Can't wait. Can't wait.